All right. Well, hello, Gunner. Hello, everybody. So back in episode 207, we had John Janik of Dev Technology come in, uh, where he talked about a lot of the great work that Dev Technology has been doing with AI, namely taking a lot of license agreements uh, uh, and uh, and going through them and looking for best practices. Um, and they sicked an AI on it, and, and they got the results. They, they won a GSA uh, uh, challenge, which is pretty awesome, and they, they told us all about it. So check out the show notes, and you know we got. I'll have a link to episode 207. You could check it out. But the 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 man behind uh, the magic of all this stuff is um, Josh Powers, and they've they've done it. They've done it again, and they are back. Uh, jo- uh, Josh is actually back. He's he's on the show to talk with us about some of the new work that they've done with AI. So they've actually done some AI ethics using AI. So welcome, Josh. Welcome to the show. Thanks. It's good to be here. Yeah. So uh, before we dive into headfirst with AI and everything, let's get a sense of of who you are, Josh. Uh, Tell us a little bit about your background and how did you get into AI? Sure. Um, I uh, actually... Uh, studied computer science at Stanford uh, back in the early 90s. And um, my first year there, I was uh, a little brash. I took some courses a little out of my depth um, and was uh, advised by my uh, professor to seek a a different major. Um, So I kind of looked around and and thought, uh, oh, well, linguistics is kind of interesting. And I've always liked philosophical questions. So maybe I'll do a little Mm -hmm. philosophy and and kind of aggregated my, my interests together. And it turned out um, the, the profile uh, match was, was pretty spot on with artificial intelligence. So, so I ended up uh, kind of a circuitous route uh, to, uh, to an artificial intelligence major. Um, since then, I've uh, been in uh, kind of a 50-50 mix between commercial applications of AI and, and uh, government-funded research and, and uh, the labs and such. So uh, it's been, um, yeah, it's been an inter- interesting journey. Uh, in the early 90s, it was all about uh, formal logic and inference and uh, mm-hmm. knowledge representation and those sorts of things. And obviously, it's uh, the field has evolved quite a bit through, you know, the, the Bayesian field and, and now into this, uh, you know, neural network architectures and such. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. As far as, you know, uh, you know, with the um, emergence of of uh, very commercially affordable GPUs, and you know the the possibilities are endless in terms of what you know was really limiting back in the day. Um, it's it's pretty affordable now for people to do. So so let's let's um, talk a little bit about this latest uh, uh, effort that you've done with AI ethics. And and so how did you come across that, or how did how did you come up with that idea? Well, it was, uh, you know, kind of an interesting um, uh, research project for our company. We uh, set out in in April of last year to build an AI ML competence at our company so that we could bring that forward to our customers Uh, Mm -hmm. very quickly in the space. uh, Nowadays, you you encounter um, the the need to understand the ethical implications of the, the different technologies, models, uh, machine learning apparatus uh, that, that you're going to bring to solve problems. And um, specifically in the last, I would say, year, uh, two years, 
there's just been a lot of growth in thinking about this uh, this topic, and it usually manifests in uh, very large documents describing guidelines and frameworks and principle sets and and things like that. Uh, mm-hmm. And and so when we started to do our research, we found you know very quickly 200 different. Uh, um, representations of, of what AI and ML ethics uh, should look like, uh, pay, you know, thousands of pages of, of material. Wow. And, you know, whenever I'm faced with thousands of pages of unstructured text material, my instinct is uh, I want to apply some of the uh, natural language processing algorithms that I've uh, <laughs> been uh, steeped in uh, to mm-hmm. the problem so that I can understand the content more quickly and, and more precisely. Uh, so our you know, uh, basic step was let's apply some AI algorithms to these AI ethics uh, documents in this very large corpus and see if we can, you know, distill and digest a little bit and maybe make something uh, of of interest to external readers of our, our blog. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Interesting. So, you know, as uh, like, yeah, I could, I could only imagine like that there are thousands of pages, like you said, but like, would there be did you distill it down to like uh, like an Asimov's four laws of AI, or or what did, what did it end up looking like? Yeah, so the um, the end results were were definitely distilled down uh, topical areas, you know, areas of particular focus uh, that that these authors had, and and the uh, you know not not nothing so so you know simple and beautiful as as uh, Asimov, but uh, definitely. Mm-hmm an understanding of the different threads that are, that are prevalent now. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's clear that they correspond to, um, you know, phenomena that we've observed in society and, and such, you know, the surveillance state and, and AI, Mm -hmm. you know, affecting uh, employment in the job market and, um, you know, AI being used in uh, judicial uh, processes in, in ways that are, you know, uh, unfortunately, opaque and, and error-prone, um, mm-hmm. things like that. So, you know, these these certainly are, are reflective of, of what we find in the um, in the actual guidelines and frameworks themselves. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so so there's, I would say it's about a seventy percent uh, to thirty percent ratio of describing what uh, ethical concerns there are and what areas there are, and then thirty percent prescribing what what should we do about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. What what did you use for the tools? So the the set of tools we used. So we we took some uh, you know pretty basic uh, natural language processing tools to get the uh, the words and the phrases you know sort of extracted from the text. Um, uh, there's a, a series of of um, processes such as tokenization and part of speech tagging and things like that. That's you know pretty basic stuff. What what you do uh, normally. Um, because this is uh, fairly technical vocabulary of mm-hmm. both technically uh, on the AI ML side, but also on ethical philosophy. There's um, thousands of years of, of uh, effort in this area of philosophy. And, and so there's a corresponding richness of vocabulary. So mm-hmm. we wanted to understand um, the, 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 the key terms and then the uh, ways that those terms were extended and employed uh, in more specific uh, vocabulary. So um, you know, ethics is 
obviously going to be a focus here, but ethical boundaries, for instance, or ethics committees, you know, were, were more, very prevalent and more precise uh, characterizations. And so we were able to get a lot of nice vocabulary from, uh, from the uh, base documents using that, that idea of lexical productivity and, and some statistics around that, uh, such as mutual information. Um, and then we use some some more uh, heavy duty uh, statistical techniques like principal component analysis and uh, k nearest neighbor search and things like that, which really take into account you know larger uh, contexts of of uh, the the contents of the of the documents. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. So what like and the other thing I think about is as you talk about things like the surveillance state and uh, laws and you know it's you know ethics that I'm sure. Um, has you know closely related to uh, morality and what what society views as what's important and what's good, right? And so, uh, when of the corpus of work, did you see, did you was everything like in English or was it um, you know translated to English and and folded in or you know because I could imagine different cultures that have different languages are going to have different viewpoints in terms of what ethic what ethical AI is based upon whether it's a political philosophy and, or it's um, a cultural one. And, and I could also imagine too, it's like the source of the, the content, did it differ too, whether it's from say like, um, uh, you know, a university academic group versus uh, a DC think tank versus uh, a policy off of a .gov website. Did, have you noticed, there's a lot to unpack there, but how, how did you, you know, well, like all those different vertices, how did you uh, consider them? Yeah, so so we did uh, make the choice to go for uh, documents that were authored in English. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm not going to solve, you know, Sapir Wharf uh, here on the call, but um, we're, we're going to, uh, you know, take take a corpus of, of documents that were published by not necessarily all native English speaking um uh, authors. Uh, th- there were a number of documents from the European Union and, and uh, you know, other sources that they express the, the document itself in an English version, but uh, may, may reflect, you know, cultures that don't use English uh, as, as their primary language. But for the purposes of, of the um, algorithms we employed and the techniques we employed, we stuck to a, a monolingual corpus. Uh, in terms of the split of you know what kinds of groups were were authoring the documents, yeah, we we did branch from uh, academia, uh, government, NGO, uh, and commercial, mm-hmm. um, and and tried to get you know a decent uh, swath of of recent within the last uh, three four years um, of these these frameworks and guideline documents. Mm-hmm. Okay, what and what about like what what would you say are some of the big aha moments that w- when you look at the results, what, what, what surprised you the most? Um, okay. So it, it probably shouldn't have surprised me, but uh, there, there was um, a, a better treatment of AI ethics from the medical community uh, and from the legal community than there were uh, from, from some of the other uh, participants here, like, um, uh, you know, the, the straight uh, social media or, or commercial uh, areas, and even from um, uh, a lot of uh, governments with more general purpose. Um, but mm-hmm. those 
medical field and legal field, they have been governed by ethics uh, since the ancient Greeks. So it, it yes. shouldn't have been as much of a surprise. But, uh, you know, it turns out that the, uh, their uh, focus on what was important in, in the um, ethics of applying AI to their fields uh, was, was a little more robust. They had a little more to, to you know, fall back on and, and lean to uh, when, when they were looking for, uh, for, for those sorts of principles. Um, the other unfortunate, you know, uh, aspect that, that we observed was uh, there's not a whole lot that's new in these proposed uh, approaches to, to ethical AI. Um, there are a lot of assumptions that whatever we've done to um, uh, make our treatment of each other as humans to humans ethical, we can also do to uh, an AI model and, and just make that uh, behave ethically. Uh, mm -hmm. and, I, and I think that's probably dangerous, I, I think, for two reasons. One, we don't really know the, the full uh, kind of um, potential scope and capability of, of the AI and ML models that, that uh, are to come. Uh, and, and that's clearly definitely in, in the robotics area and, and in some of the autonomy areas uh, of, of the, uh, the documents that we processed, you know, they, they get into this this idea of, uh, you know, possibly arriving at the singularity, but at least arriving at a point where uh, AI and ML function so differently that we can't apply just the same old human to human ethics uh, effectively, uh, even though we, we would like the effects of these, you know, the, these algorithms to, to be ethical. Um, they're just not, at some point not going to be compatible. Um, so that's, you know, that, that, that's, that's one direction. And then the other is in our current applied AI, uh, we only build AIs to be narrowly focused on a certain task. Um, mm -hmm. We don't and we cannot currently uh, build an AI that's generally intelligent enough to understand its task in the context of other humans, other entities, uh, other ethics. Uh, and, mm -hmm. and that's that's a real issue that um, requires, you know, more layers of uh, uh, of understanding the, the role which a particular uh, narrow AI algorithm might be playing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's I remember like when we talked with John about, you know, it's not that the AI would replace procurement people, but it would be sort of like a, an assistant that could get rid of the the easy cases and just leave some of the the more trickier ones to the human to figure out yeah and and there's um, there, there's definitely uh, an open area of research which would be uh, to you know train a different and other uh, narrow AI for instance on observing choices that are being made um, by by the other, uh, algorithms in the context of what it knows to be, you know, acceptable ethically, acceptable morally, um, and and edge cases where it doesn't have a good idea uh, of what those are, and and kick them to uh, to human review. Um, not aware of too many projects like that right now, uh, but mm -hmm. uh, that that would certainly be a way to uh, to try and approach the the issue. Yeah, yeah. Well, as as far as like. Uh, exemplars of your favorite principles or policies. Yeah, you know, who do you think is, or what? What are some of your favorites that are out there that you point to as uh, one of the better ones that people should take a look at as a, at least as a point of departure? Yeah, I, I mean, I, 
I like uh, a relatively small number of principles or goals or, you know, illities, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, with respect to this, because it, it, it allows one both from a, a developer of this technology, but also as a consumer and, and employer of the technology, it allows one to focus a little bit on, you know, what is particularly important. Um, at the same time, you know, I, I don't like underdeveloped statements about, you know, um, the, there, there's a famous group of 23 principles, uh, I always get the name wrong. Uh, Asilomar principles is, is what they're called. And it was a group of, of uh, you know, tech wizards meeting in California who came up with, you know, 23 different things. And they all um, are, are fairly, you know, high level statements like um, if an AI system causes harm, it should be possible to ascertain why. Well, that's great. I, I mean, sure, of course, if, if anything causes harm, it should be possible to ascertain why that thing caused harm. But, you know, in order to be useful, in my opinion, you, you need to describe a little bit more uh, the, the specific aspects of, of what it would mean to ascertain why. You know, what what is that? You're obviously trying to get at transparency. You're trying to get at explainability. There's, there's something there. Um, and for it to be a useful framework or, or set of principles, to my mind, you, you, you need to develop that out uh, a little bit more. Um, I, I tend to turn towards uh, a structure like um, uh, the Joint Artificial Intelligence Center's uh, AI uh, principles. Uh, that's a, a smaller set. You know, there's not 23 of them. And each one is, is expanded on uh, in, in you know, quite a bit of depth. Obviously, somebody's thinking about it. Uh, mm-hmm. Quite seriously, um, it is uh, from the United States, you know, uh, Department of Defense. I mean, that's where the uh, the motivation to produce the the principles comes from. So it's going to be necessarily uh, oriented toward that mission set and and the sorts of things right. that they would be concerned about. But uh, it, in my mind, the way that it's authored uh, brings you know those considerations to some amount of depth that I can work with from there as a practitioner, as a consumer, uh, and, you know, kind of, kind of take that, that logical leap from what would be nice to have to what could we actually do? So Josh, at your alma mater, um, what, what are they doing with AI ethics? So, yeah, the, the, uh, the Stanford philosophy department has a, a very, um, well-respected kind of wiki on all topics, uh, philosophy. It's, it's been, uh, out there for, uh, pretty much as long as the internet's been there, it's the the Stanford Encyclopedia of Philosophy, and it's it's actually uh, they they grabbed the domain name Plato dot Stanford dot edu early on mm-hmm. and have been uh, adding to it uh, you know for for quite a while, and they have a very rich uh, section on AI ethics and and a lot of the the different. Um, philosophical discussions that have gone around, but also uh, linking to, you know, um, real day-to-day activities, a lot of the the references to the frameworks and principles that that we processed when when we did the work uh, came from uh, citations on on that site. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I guess maybe the the next to last question I have for you is, uh, what's next? What what, what are you going to stick an AI on next? Oh well, that's uh, that's always 
the the interesting question, isn't it? Um, I think our customers probably want us to start doing something uh, with uh, with their data rather than um, right. uh, taking a look around the the internet. So we'll probably do some some fun stuff uh, in the uh, customs or or DHS domain. Um, in terms of you know what what I want to push forward with on this topic, I, I actually do want to get a little bit deeper into. Um, you know, how could one decide that uh, an AI or ML model is or has been produced uh, ethically uh, that, that does address bias uh, in a serious way? Uh, mm-hmm. And and so I, I'd like to, to um, you know, explore that a little bit more. Okay. Well, great. Great. So, no, that's, that's awesome, Josh. So, hey, I'll let you go. But before I let you go, um, very last question talked about a lot of deep stuff here, uh, a lot of fun stuff. And for people to, you know, get, check out episode 207, uh, check out what the Jake is doing, and also to see the awesome blog post that you guys put together, what website should we send them to? Uh, well, I, the easiest place to go is uh, g- dgshow.org, uh, and yep. you'll find uh, some information about me and, and the post that, that we've been discussing and, and the supporting uh, documents that, that uh, it uh, it relied on. So yeah, definitely awesome. go and take, give it a visit. Excellent. Okay, Josh. Well, Hey, um, it was great having you on the show and uh, uh, we got to have you guys come in next time uh, for the trifecta. I can't wait for to hear what you guys come up with next. So thanks for joining us and, and we'll catch everybody next time. Great. It's been a pleasure Dave.